Welcome to Money Talks, a series of interviews with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. In this episode, I talk to Stephen Morley, President of the Confederation of British Metal Forming, a trade body comprising hundreds of firms employing tens of thousands of UK workers. These are firms at the heart of British manufacturing, and they use a lot of energy. When April utility bills hit the nation's collective doormat, millions will need to dig deep. But while households are at least partly protected by the off-gen price cap, the vast majority of businesses are not. And many such businesses are based across the North and Midlands, in red wall seats the Tories need to hold to retain a Commons majority. Stephen Morley, the Confederation of British Metal Forming, you have hundreds of members, companies across the UK. They employ tens of thousands of workers, turning over billions of pounds. So you should know... Is Britain still a world-class manufacturer? It is still a world-class manufacturer. Um, it needs some help. It needs some more support. Um, but we've got the skill base here, although limited at the moment. Um, you know, we've proven in the past how good we can be. Uh, and that ability is still there. We just need some help to get through difficult times at the moment. I think we're still ninth or tenth in the world in terms of our manufacturing output, the source of many highly paid jobs across the British regions, in particular outside London and the South East. This energy price increase must be hitting your members hard, Stephen, not least because unlike households, there is no maximum energy price cap, is there, for firms? Certainly isn't, no. It's a, it's a big worry at the moment. Uh, we've seen electricity prices go up 100%, in one case 140%. Um, gas has gone up three or fourfold. Um, just, just for example, uh, the, the cost for making a uh, ton of forging has gone from 1.86 to 3.86, so it's almost doubled. Mm. You know, it's really a forging company, high intensity uses. You know, there's, there's no support there for them either. There's, there's something called the high intensity users, like your steel companies, get some support from the government. Using lots and lots of energy. Yeah, yeah and we've got members who use lots of energy, but, but they don't, don't quite qualify. Don't quite qualify. And, and then we end up paying something called a renewable ob obligation, which is like a tax to cover the big companies. So that needs levelling out. That, that's, a, that's a real problem for our members. You know, it should be proportional to your turnover. If your energy is a proportion to your turnover at a certain level, you should get support. You know, we understand the households you know, and the help they've got, but you know, the people who support the households in paying the wages to pay, pay them bills need help as well. Otherwise, we'll have you know, a double effect where companies might not be there or might be redundant, and then we're in a worse situation than, than we are now. And a lot of your member companies, Stephen, are employing lots and lots of people in those red wall seats that the Tories need to retain if they're going to win the next election. Yeah, most of our membership is based um, from the Midlands up to the northwest and, and the Pennines to the northeast, so through Sheffield into the northeast. And we cover Scotland, uh, Wales, Northern Ireland as well, uh, but a high proportion of our members are in them areas and they're all key areas and it's, you know i don't want to see a political divide i want to see a fair you know interpretation of how how, how we support our manufacturing away from the south east you know there's too much focus on the south east in terms of you know and, and leveling up's got a long way to go you know yeah. and, and it's, it's it needs to be helping us now not not in two or three years time you know i think you know when we speak to kwasi kwatang a couple of weeks ago he said that we've got all these this bright future but it's years away. You know, we need support now to get us through 
you know, the restrictions we're seeing now in terms of the cash flow problems you come out of pandemic. Mm. You know, we've got um, things like steel safeguards impact on our members. We've got the national insurance to come. Mm. You know, all these things are impacting on the cash flow, and I mean, you know, the cash flow is absolutely key to a business. It's what keeps it going. Let's talk about all those things, but before we do, I just want to ask you. How bad was the pandemic for some of your members? Obviously, it hit hospitality companies very heavily. It hit aerospace companies very heavily. Quite a lot of manufacturing continued, didn't it? So how did your members fare? I think, first of all, there's a mixed message whether manufacturing should continue or not. Um, and then there was one or two companies went back in April, so after a month, because yeah. they had overseas... April 2020. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had overseas customs demanding work. Yeah. Um, there was quite a learning curve in social distancing protocols in the factory. Yeah. So we were able to share that with all our members through uh, one company called The Stamp who went back first and they were very helpful in supporting everybody else. So, so, Keeping the show on the road. Yeah, and, and, and they helped us give protocols and, and say things to all our members, which is fantastic. I, I had members come on the call to me who had family business for, for, for years who thought they were going to go out of business. Yeah. And I think that they said to me, you gave us a crutch to keep us going. And, it was one of, one of, and we helped. And what people realised that it wasn't they weren't isolated. They were all in the same boat, yeah. and they were all all struggling together. So we had to kind of navigate them through that. I mean, it's things like the furlough scheme. We explained the furlough scheme, a great in- intervention, but they didn't really understand it fully. Some of them, so we had to explain how it works. Um, that was good. Um, the C bills and B bills were a nightmare. Those business loans from the Treasury C- to companies. The C bills was pretty bureaucratic. Very difficult to get hold of. Yeah. And the banks, uh, as they do, weren't as supportive as they were to start off with. Um, so that became a battle. Um, and it was difficult to get the message over to government or, or civil servants that they weren't coming out quick enough. Uh, and that was a, a real challenge. You know? so, so we were pushing and pushing to get them sorted. The intervention is good, but it needs, to, you know, when, when, when a crisis like this comes, it needs to be quicker. The furlough was fantastic. I mean, yeah, it, it's really good, but we've got to make sure that furlough isn't wasted. You yeah. know, there's a lot of um, false... Don't um, keep companies alive just to let them it, fold. Now exactly, we're coming out of the pandemic, Exactly, exactly. Right? We, we, we need to keep yeah. that threshold going. So the pandemic was, was tough for manufacturers like many other companies. Industry groups like yours like the Confederation of British Metal Forming and others, were able to share information across the industry. That's correct. Now you're facing these big energy price hikes with no price cap. You wrote to Kwesi Kwarteng recently, I've seen the letter, and in that letter, Stephen, among other things, you were pointing out how much more expensive energy is now here in the UK for your members than it is for French, German, Spanish, Italian companies equivalent, their rivals, their competitors, elsewhere why is our energy so expensive i think it's got to be down to, to policy you know across the years not particularly this government but maybe the one before um you know french and german we, we've got competitors in french and german we talk to mm. you know I'm, I'm a member of an international organization and we see the data their their energy has gone up but compared to ours it hasn't gone up as much you know so they have probably got maybe more gas storage. So they're going to get the yeah. work because energy is such a big chunk of your it, members' cost base, right? It, 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 it is. Bending it, metal and forming metal and very energy intensive I, stuff. I think, I think you know, we talk about Brexit and we talk about UK PLC being great. You know, we need to be able to compete in the level playing ground and we're not doing that at the moment because there's too many advantages in Europe compared to what we're getting from our 
the UK, I won't say the good man, blame the good man entirely, but you know, we, we need to have a level playing field to get forward. You know, the energy price is just one example. You know, there's companies in Italy who give government, Italian government giving subsidies to companies. Mm. You know, we've got people who can't compete. You know, there's other costs we're getting in terms of Brexit because of the cost of in and out of the country. Mm. You know, we can't pass all these costs on to, to, to our... So if you've got customers in, in the EU who, was, who you're supplying to, you can't pass all the costs down because you then become uncompetitive. Yeah, so you don't get the work at all. Let's come on to Brexit. I do want to ask you about that. A report's just come out from the Public Accounts Committee, the cross-party group of MPs, highlighting some of the downsides of Brexit so far. Um, but before that, I just want to ask you about these renewable energy subsidies that a lot of your members have to pay. Do you think now that these subsidies paid by energy consumers, businesses and households, but particularly on business in, in this conversation, are they now making your members uncompetitive? Will, could they lead to the closing down, unfortunately, of some of your members' job losses? There's certainly part of the problem. It's not the only problem, Liam. I think, I think we need to quantify it. You know, it's, it's almost the icing on the cake you don't want to eat. So, you know, you've got a, a bad cake and you put more icing on it and you're not going to eat it because it's, it's that bad. And yeah. you've got all the problems you had before and you're just throwing another ingredients in that you don't want to eat anyway. You know, and it's real, a real problem, you know, and I think it's a catalogue of problems, not just one. Energy is a big one now. You know, it's kind of, I've got through the pandemic, I've got through Brexit, not quite, but you know, you, you, you're kind of thinking you're getting yourself to the edge of the cliff and hanging on, and then someone comes and stops on your fingers, and it's energy, you know. Now, you're a proud Brummy, obviously, Birmingham, the, the heartland of all the West Midlands manufacturing centre of the, the UK. Birmingham voted for Brexit famously, but you're saying that a lot of your members are having a hard time because of importing steel and other materials from the EU, there are tariffs, there's more bureaucracy. Yeah, there's a number of hidden costs that people aren't aware of. I mean, just forget the Brexit vote and why people voted for it. Now, in terms of manufacturing, you know, we want to be competitive. So, you know, we don't want the import costs, we don't want additional freight costs, we don't want additional time in the docks. All these things are happening now and they're not being widely reported. You know, you get the old headline and we get, you know, we don't see people talking about fish. You know, it's, it's, it's a small expense of our GDP. You know, manufacturing is a big... Fishing villages and yeah, communities yeah. that are upset yeah, about their Brexit. Yeah, but, but, but they're I'm, a tiny sliver of the economy. Yeah, it's important to them, and I'm not trying to describe yeah. but, but in terms of importance and headlines, manufacturing, a good manufacturing base, is important for our GDP. It's 10, know, 15, yeah. 20% of our it, GDP it, it, on it, some It can be, you know, our measures. peak. It can, certainly can be our peak. You know, and, and the effect of, of what we're seeing in supply chain issues, uh, not just right to Brexit, is a major problem. Still safeguarding is, a, is a, something we've been working on for six That's months. That's the Brexit issue. It's a major Brexit issue where we're now the additional having, safeguards the, that so, have to be put so, on so when, EU when, steel. When we're in the EU, we can import steel from the EU without any tariffs. Yeah. When we came out, we, had to, we carried over the EU safeguarding to this country. Um, there was a TRA consideration, a trade remedies association, yeah. to look at independently, which uh, was overruled by the government, Secretary of State for Trade at the time, although it was recommended that one particular category should be taken out and it was left in. And that then led to several companies in our membership being under the threat of closure, at worst, or moving the work to another country, certainly hit on profits, 
and certainly loss of labour. You know, and all them threats are there and real and happening. Through some good work with UK Steel, which we were grateful for. Another we, trade body, right? With, with DIT, uh, we were able to negotiate the deal that went into place from January the 1st. But unfortunately, the way that deal's been interpreted at the moment isn't working for our members. So, so we still, still got lots problem. and lots of bureaucracy in terms of moving steel between the, 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 here yeah. and the EU. Yeah. And it's getting worse, you think? It's not certainly getting better. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we, we, we can't... You know, paper over it. You know, there's too many glib statements coming out from different people with different agendas. You know, on the coal face, people are struggling. You know, and they want it resolved. And it's not just still safeguarding. It's the time, transit time. You know, it's tariffs to the USA. How come the EU, Japan, can do a deal with the USA and we can't? They're supposed to be our allies. I might, you know, I might, you know, we give, we give this major thing about, you know, all over the years, Thatcher Reagan, and we can't get a deal done. We should yeah. be there first. You know, there's something fundamentally wrong with this government that they can't get a deal with the USA. That's for sure. You know, that, that, that Northern Ireland protocol needs sorting. We need the tariffs sorting to protect the UK steel and take some of these tariffs away. The tariffs are only in place because of Trump bringing the two free tariffs in and we've done the counter thing to, to balance it. You know, we've got other safeguarding measures to, to stop China jumping steel here yeah. or other countries which are needed. And that's good, but we also need to get a level playing field for everybody, not just UK steel. For the, for the low level, my members, metal forming users. This is the reality you're describing, Stephen, of, of protectionism, of the use of, of safety measures and stipulations and safeguards, basically for, to protect domestic markets. But before we move on, I want to talk about skills, I want to talk about the business environment, I want to talk about tax. Always tax is a big deal for business people, huh? Let me ask you about inflation, supply chain inflation. I look at the numbers that come out of the ONS and they say the, you know, inflation in the shops, it might be five, six, seven percent. But I've been seeing these input price inflation, producer price inflation for measures, which for months have been in double digits, 10, 15 percent. You must be seeing that on the ground. In November, we had some data from the, I think it was Bank of England saying it was two percent. And I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. You know, and, and I said at the time, it's more like five percent. Yeah. You know, so how how can they get it wrong? It's their job. Yeah. You know, if you get your job wrong, you're not here. You know, if they get their job wrong, they get away with it. How can they get that so wrong? And even now, I think they're getting it wrong. You know, you know, we can see even without the energy bills hitting mm. and labour cost increasing, mm. that we're probably at six, seven percent. Mm. So you know, we've got to exit probably end of February, March, April, about nine or nine or ten percent, mm. you know, which is a really worrying, worrying sign for, 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 for our members and for all, all manufacturing. You know. Let's move on to uh, the business climate, particularly skills. The government recently announced apprenticeship week. It kind of got slightly um, overshadowed by ongoing party gate rounds about birthday cakes and, 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 and so on. How important is it in your view, Stephen, that we finally, finally in this country get back to a system which many of our viewers will remember when they were youngsters of good vocational, on the shop floor, education and training, an alternative, highly respectable, prestigious path that isn't going to university. Absolutely critical. We can't emphasise it enough. Now, we're part of one of the schemes that's been started. We sit on the UK Metals Council and we're proud to be involved mm. in, in that in terms of making it forward. We're also members of Make UK, who are one of the main bodies involved. That's right. And that's really, really positive for our industry. I think, I think 
for, for UK PLC, PLC altogether. So that's that's great, um, but that's going to take time. There's a skill shortage now, mm. you know, and, and and part of Brexit may be that we we haven't got the skills that we thought we had in this country. Mm. And one of the worries is if if, for instance, the semiconductor issue went away, which is not going to go away. Massive shortage of semiconductors yeah. so given that, lower it, production in Asia, which is stymieing car manufacturing across the world, across the world, not least here in Britain. But if that took off. We haven't got the labour to support the manufacturing. Anyway. Anyway. And I'm, not, I'm not talking high-skilled labour. Yeah. I'm just talking labour. You know, Assembly we, plant. We, we have not got that labour in yeah. place. So the worry is if we start to get an upsurge in production, you know, where's the labour going to come from? You know, at, at different skill levels, not just high-level skill, different skill levels. So it's, it's, it's just a, it's a problem now. Apprenticeships, you know, a lot of the young people I talk to, I've got you know, university-age kids going into the workforce, talking to a lot of their friends. Apprenticeships, they have got a bit of an image problem. A lot of kids think this is just going to be a cheap labour scheme. I'm not going to learn any transferable skills that are really going to improve my earnings prospects. How do we change that? I think we need to get a, a PR campaign where apprentices are talking to kids coming out of school. Yeah. I think there's too much focus on stats for universities or for schools to get their Austin ratings up yeah. and not focusing on what's the best for the children and coming out of schools, you know, and I think that there's a way where we can sell this in terms of a good way where people come from school or, or higher education into the apprenticeship scheme where they can earn money, they don't get the debt to go to university mm. um, and they've got a good, stable education and, and come out qualified at the end mm. as almost at a higher level or a similar level to a university student because some of them apprenticeship schemes now are linked to degrees. Mm. You know, so when we actually take part in, in, in writing some of them schemes ourselves at our organisation. Well, good luck with that. I want very much to keep in touch with you about that apprenticeship issue. It's hugely important to us. It's a On... point of the country. Just finally, let's talk about the broader business environment. A lot of your members have come through lockdown. They've been wounded. They're trying to rebuild their balance sheets, re rebuild their strength, get new orders. How much of a blow is this increase in national insurance contributions for both employers and employees coming in in April? I think I've already mentioned cash flow and I don't apologise for mentioning it again. It's absolutely critical. Um, you know, one of, one of my notes to Kwasi Kwarteng was, People with, yeah. Yeah, people with C-bills and, and, <laughs> and time to pay have to start paying back all at the same time. You know, if, if we want to keep the businesses going, give them more time to pay back C-bills, mm. you know, extending from five years to ten years. Yeah. The good companies paying the money back, they're not trying to hide. They're not like these fraud cases we hear who, who aren't paying everything back. You know, let HMRC give us more time to pay. You know, and, and, and that's incentivise these companies to invest this money back into the company, mm. you know, to keep things moving forward. You know, the super deduction tax is another good incentive. You know, but it ends next year. Extend it. You know, don't just stop it. You know, Singapore have got cap, um, corporation tax of 10%. Mm. You know, we've got corporation tax going, going up, going up. 19 to 20%. They've got, they've, they've got low interest, they've got lo lo low interest rates. They've got tax incentives. Their growth is 6%. If we got to 3%, percent i will be happy. Mm. We're seeing something like 1.3 to 1.7%. You know, we need to be at 3% minimum. You know, 6% is, you know, elder I would be great, but we won't get to get there. Yeah. But it just shows, I know it's a different country, different environment, but it shows what you can do when you incentivize it. High growth it. you can achieve. And also, that 
company's doing well, the money comes back in, into the treasury. Mm. Now, if you get a circle of high taxes and low growth, that won't, that won't bring you know, money back. If, if you can invest in business, keep the superduction tax going, keep capital investment coming in, you know, and, and, you know if, not enforce companies, but encourage companies mm. to keep that money circulating into business, investing in capital to improve digitization, AI, to move our production to a world-class standard, then we can you know, get the money generated to invest back into the country. Yeah. Stephen Morley, President of the Confederation of British Metal Forming. It's great to see you. Thanks for appearing on Money Talk. Excellent. Thanks a lot for listening to Money Talks with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube or wherever you're listening. Do subscribe to this podcast and also check out my daily television show, On The Money, at 1pm Monday to Friday on GB News or via the GB News app. GB News, Britain's news channel.